episode four of the Pour Over podcast. Mickey Yarny. I'm Jade. I'm here with James. Hello. And Colin. Hello. And on this episode, we talk to Nicky Yarny about life as an urban sketcher and reigniting his passion for art. Hi, Nicky. How's it going? Good, thank you. Thank you for having me here today. It's all right. You're very welcome. Um, you're exhibiting at Forty Hall. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I've done some art pieces that they've got on display currently. Whereabouts in Forty Hall? It's in the main building, um, top level. Exhibit started on Saturday the 9th of this month. Finishes 31st of March. Um, just some pieces that I put together based on Forty Hall's main building and surrounding grounds. So it's a nice little tiny exhibit up the top of the uh, main building there. How many pieces are you exhibiting? Um, I think at the moment there's nine, um, varying in size, uh, different sort of styles as well. Some aerial uh, pictures that I've done of the Forty Hall building itself and the grounds. And then there's a few of the angles of the building and other areas of Forty Hall that can have historical value. They're included in uh, some of the works that I've got on display there. How are you getting the aerial views? Are you using um, Street View? Have you invested in a drone? Or? I was uh, using, I, I did use a drone that was loaned to me, uh, take a few images from there, but mainly uh, Google Street View, they've updated since the last time I used it. So they cover most of Enfield area now, which is great for me. But, um, yeah, as I say, the drone's been very beneficial, especially for getting more details in, because um, with Google Street View, it cuts out a lot of like chimney stacks and, um, curvatures of roof um, shapes and etc. So uh, drones are obviously get a lot more 4K definition involved. What kind of drone was it? Just that. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> it was a black one, <laughs> which was nice. Um, I guess for anyone listening that doesn't know who you are, um, after listening to the podcast, go and check Nikki's workout on his Instagram account. It will be in the show notes. But you're uh, an urban sketcher. Is that what you would? find yourself there? At the moment, yes, because uh, a lot of my work seems to be revolving around uh, local buildings and then I'm branching out into other areas of architecture, um, obviously doing the aerial shots as well of urban landscapes is uh, something that I'm very much interested in. But um, yeah, urban sketcher, I'm just trying to pick up scenery and buildings that have uh, an appealing nature to myself and others. Yeah, and I think the kind of the genius in your work, at least for me anyway, is they're really small, the the details, um, and obviously it's very intricate. And you also, you combine like, for example, you did a London uh, cityscape inside a heart. Um, you've had, uh, is that a mocha pot for Florence or Rome? Yeah, that's correct. So it's like all these little kind of layers of, of genius that kind of really show how good your work is. Thank you, it's kind for you to say. Um, no, I originally started off um, a drawing Paris within a love heart as a gift for my girlfriend. So I started off doing that, uh, bespoke it to a shape of a heart, and then from there on in, uh, chose Florence as a, a place that I visited. I uh, thought it was really good for aerial views, which I then put into a coffee pot. Uh, also done it into a coffee cup as well. Um, took an idea from my sister and, and also from my girlfriend as well, doing steam above the coffee cup and like encapsulating some buildings there just to add another dimension to the drawing as well. But I do like to bespoke drawings in and around a different shape. It gives it another 
um, sort of element of personalization um, might have got for as well for one of your friends um, we've done a wedding gift where it was their names encapsulated with the buildings that had uh, importance to them mm. so lettering as well you can use buildings to bespoke the letters etc so then what what's your process with that like how would you start with something like that like i mean with lettering you obviously sketch out the shape of the letters and then you can choose buildings that are, like work well in that short sort of shape like for an l you could choose like big ben houses of parliament works well as an l and then for other ones you can also just like take a section of the building and bespoke that into the letters like you don't have to use the whole building just enough for it to be identifiable to people um so yeah it's really molding it around how i best think it would suit that shape like for a coffee pot doing an aerial view is good because you can go by city blocks and cut out certain roads or certain buildings etc so yeah it works really well for that type of art have you ever uh, got stuck on a on a piece and just gone i can't do this this is too difficult to not as of yet no um with with the aerial views it, it, it does get a bit frustrating as well when you want something to work as it as a piece because you, uh, for me i like things to be technically quite accurate so i will try and best uh, represent the artwork based on what i can actually see uh, but if it needs to be changed then i will have to bespoke it especially things like coffee pots with handles you, it's very difficult to find a road that will fit into that sort of scheme so you can geographically move roads and buildings to suit my needs as it were. What is the biggest or most intricate piece you've ever done? Biggest at the moment um, is A2 that I've done uh, for Cityscape. I haven't had it out on display as of yet, but it's, it's something that I've been working on at home. It's a Venice. So I've got an aerial view of that. That's in the works as it were it's not technically finished because i'm still adding bits and pieces to it because as i've developed as an say an artist as it were um i've developed my style a little bit more by adding texture and shade so before whereas if you go back on my instagram the first pictures i were doing it didn't really have much shading work done on it and now i've added in loads of different detailed touches where you can sort of get a difference between light and shade so that's what I'm working on now at the moment with uh, bigger, larger pieces. But saying that, at the moment, the main things that I'm working on size-wise is A3. I'm doing collage work where I've incorporated landmarks of cities, where it's like London, and I've picked the main landmarks, such as the Shard and the Gherkin, etc., put it all in one collage, um, where it's on one sort of level, as it were. But, yeah, I've done quite a few cities at the moment. That's what I'm liking to work on at the moment, but... I am looking to sort of move away from black and white work and throw some colour into the work. Mm. And are these all commissions or are these just things you want to do? At the moment, the collage work is uh, for me. Right. Is it? And I, <laughs> it sounds bad in a way. It seems to be what I spend the most time on because literally it's for me and uh, because I want it to be for my needs and what I want. Uh, I, I tend to take more of a, my time with it, not to say that I rush anybody else's work, but for me... I've never really been happy with any of my work. I always ask loads of people's opinions on, does this look good? Or do you like that how it is? And then they're like, are you crazy? Like, that's great. Like, why are you asking? Yeah. You must know it's good. But for me, it's maybe a personal anxiety. of like always wanted to be a little bit of a perfectionist, as it were. But in another way, not so much. Whereas, yeah, you just try and do it the best you can. But another person's opinion is always key to 
sort of getting my mindset on like, that's fine leave it alone don't add to it because in the past I have like drawn pieces added to it and it kept adding and adding and then it ends up becoming too blurred so do you have you ever got to a point where you, you're like damn it I've messed this up and you have to like scrap the piece yeah there's been a few times where I've <laughs> I've drawn a building and it's quite technically sound as it were like everything's where it's meant to be and then I think, do I add the brickwork into this or do I leave it with just textural shading? And then if I add the brickwork in and then it starts to look too blurry because you can look at a piece and then if there's too much detail and then you get lost and it doesn't really work and it's overpowering on the eye. Mm. So I've got to stages where I've started doing brickwork and then wished I hadn't. So, so <laughs> yes. do you scrap it then and start again or do you just... I'd tend to, I'd tend to persevere with things like brickwork and carry on with doing that. I suppose it's... I don't know, um, maybe a little bit of uh, autism comes into it where I'm just <laughs> carrying on doing the brickwork, yeah. Where I just, like, I just zone out and it's a nice uh, sort of way of keeping myself uh, entertained for a while when I zone out. It's like a form of meditation, really, when you're sitting there drawing brick after brick and it's, next thing you know, you listen to a whole hour of a podcast and then you've only done one side of a building of brickwork. But it, it can be quite soothing. But to answer your question about scrapping things, there's been plenty of times where I've, sketch things out in pencil and then started to go over it in ink and through personal error that I've made like I've slipped and drawn a line off at a different angle and like there's no way of changing it to get it back and then you end up scrapping it and you're like damn that, that cost me like some time there where I spent an hour sketching it out and then another 20 minutes drawing the bottom part of it and then the top part's ruined but yeah it's just a, a case of being uh, careful take your time and be left alone as well, which is the key thing. I mean, at the moment, I've got a cat that seems to like to bump his head into my <laughs> sketchboard as I'm, I'm working. So every night I hear his pitter-patter of feet coming, I have to stop drawing immediately because there's been a few times he's ruined a piece as well. So, yeah, he owes me some money. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, what is it typically, how long does it take to do one of these cityscapes? You know, and, and the, the normal... What size is? That's A4, um, the usual sizes that I work on. Yeah. Um, it's mainly due to the fact that I don't have a proper drawing desk. Okay. I started off with just a drawing board that I'd have on my lap, and uh, A3 is probably the biggest size that would fit onto it. Mm -hmm. So uh, I started off with A4, and plus with A4, I could take it anywhere on the go. Um, if I was to go around someone's house, and then I knew I was going to be sitting there, they're watching a film, I'd be like, I'm not really interested in the film, can I draw and listen? <laughs> It'd be doing stuff like that so it, it started off a4 that typically that sort of size of an aerial view would take maybe in excess of eight maybe to ten hours it just depends i mean sketching it out is the main part that takes a long time because you want to get it as i say bespoke to that shape that you want making sure that everything fits and it's sort of aesthetically pleasing to your eye and also the um, the geometrics of it as well you just got to try and make that work well so that takes some time, but it's the main part of it is the inking, where you can get it to the point where you've gone over your additional guidelines and taken them away, and then that's when you can put in the fine detail. So dependent on how much detail I want to add to that piece, it, it can vary in time limits, but I've never really sat with a stopwatch to see how long the process takes. I just know sometimes I can be working on something for over a week, but other times it can take me a few days. And I guess you use different pens depending on yeah depending on what results i want yeah, i tend to use fine line pens um down to um, zero 
0.5 of a millimeter. Now they've made ones where it's 0.3 of a millimeter. So it gets very fine, um, very delicate in some fashions, but it doesn't really limit me. I mean, if I'm going to do something like um, somebody's house front, like which I got a lot of commissions for over Christmas of people wanting houses drawn or churches of where they got married. So a lot of commission work for that. You can use larger sizes, so like a one millimeter pen and and that way you get, you get a thicker line to it. So it doesn't have to be that fine a detail. Mm. So with things like cityscapes where you're drawing a very minute overhead of someone's building, you have to use a finer pen. Yeah, those um, the personalized like house fronts or shop fronts, they are, they're really nice to receive because we met um, over Instagram. You just, I started liking your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you were Enfield based. We wanted an artist in here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next thing I know, um, you had a picture of our shop front on Instagram, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" I think we were we were super excited by that. Um, and I I think I messaged you saying, "Thanks so much for doing this. Can I buy it? How much is it?" And you were just I think you, you said something like, "Oh, it's cool. I'll just give it to you." Uh, I'm like, "No, no, no. I, I need to give you something. I need to pay you." And you said, "Just give me a cup of coffee." And it was just that's incredible. Um, but that kind of uh, personalization you get something like that and it's just like it's really meaningful so yeah i can imagine um yeah it was sort of a kismet in a way that we met because uh, it started off with me drawing as a hobby and then from there on in people were expressing an interest in buying my work and i was like well for me this is just a way of um getting back into the art world as it were for myself just to do a few things that i would like to draw so drive past one day, saw the um, architecture of the building. I thought that's really cool. And then your sign was up, and you don't really see many um, letterings in your in your font, as it were. So I thought that was kind of cool. So I was like, I'll take a picture of that and I'll draw that because I like the the, the arc on the, uh, the shop front as well, where the shutter is at the top, and also the pillars on the side as well, which is um, kind of like an Art Deco sort of style in in itself. But I thought it was really cool, so I took a picture of it. Obviously, uh, I, I snuck down here one day when you guys wasn't looking and took a picture through the window so I can get the interior right as well. Yeah, yeah. And then I used your Instagram account and your videos that you were making as well to sort of get a, an idea of how the inside looked so I could sketch that out as well. So make it more um, more fitting piece, give it some sort of life to it as well. I mean, there's been a few times where I've drawn shop fronts and things like that and haven't put the interior on display and I've sort of done like it's like a skim effect where you put some lines in it to show a glare from the window, but it doesn't really have any life to it then, and it seems like a dead shot with nothing inside. So it's important now that I add other elements into the drawings. Yeah, I think you've got the stools, the chair, the coffee machine, the bulbs. I was just and the neon light. Yeah. And you also have some uh, postcards at the Dugdale Centre, the Museum of Benford. That yeah, that's, that's right. That actually stems from you uh, again, where you have uh, took one of my pieces. It was uh, the Enfield logo, uh, where I've done an overhead of Enfield Town. Sort of spoke that into the shape of the logo. I believe you reposted it and tweeted it to the council there, and they picked it up and thought it was great. Got in contact with me and asked me to draw a few local historical buildings. So, again, going back to Forty Hall, that was one of them. Enfield Small Arms in Enfield Lock, where I live, was another building that was chosen. Salisbury House, uh, which is around the corner from here, uh, was another important building for them. So uh, 
got together with them and made a list of buildings that they liked and we produced a set of uh, postcards which are available at the Bugtail Centre for sale. Are they selling well? They're doing all right, yeah. There's a lot of um, artists' work that are in there at the moment, local, they try to source as well. So there's quite a few options there as well, but the postcards are going all right. And they're also available at Forty Hall as well because that's one of the subject matters. So they've got a few there. There's another I Heart Enfield sign that I made which again is a, a collage work of famous buildings from in America and around Enfield. So, uh, yeah, those are all available at Dugdale Centre and, and Forty Hall. And a lot of the way you've, um, like as, far as, as far as I can see, a lot of the way that you've generated um, business is very much word of mouth. Like I know you have, obviously you have an Instagram page and the rest of it, but it's very much someone saying, oh, you know, Nikki did this for me. This, this will look really cool. Pass it on, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and it seems like that's really that's really worked for you, kind of without any kind of wild advertising, no, no billboards or anything like that. That's true. Um, as I say, it started off mainly as a hobby, and then from there on in, it, it has spread just word of mouth or me, um, like turning up at a place like saying, oh, "I've drawn your building. Did you want this picture? I'll swap it for coffee did, 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 <laughs> or did a pub for a pint." <laughs> did Picasso do something similar? He he kind of he bought stuff a lot with of did that. like. Drawn a receipt, and yeah, there was a few people that used mm. to trade out things and things like that. Yeah. I think she done the same as well, where they'd like be um, giving lessons and things like that, and just basically trading out. But for me, it was just literally, I've drawn your building, it looks nice, I want to share this with you. Yeah, that you want, would you like it? And then they're like, Yeah, all right, okay, cool, I was like, oh, brilliant. But it wasn't, as I say, I didn't set out to make money from it, it's just something that just needs to happen naturally. and to be honest with you, it helps me buy extra equipment to produce more work. So if I can do that in line with my current job, it's, it's perfect. So evening hobby turns out to be something that um, makes me a little bit of money on the side as a good thing. And what is your current job? A behaviour manager at secondary school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's two different worlds really. But in a way I can mix the two by teaching the pupils their artwork as well. So if they get sent to me, uh, then we can spend some time if they're interested in art. If they haven't got any of other academic work, they can be getting on with you. It's always handy for someone else to teach them a, a new skill, as it were. And if they do an express an interest in art, then we can obviously sit down for a while, draw some things together, and I can show them different techniques. It's just a way of bringing my hobby into my everyday life, as it were. Mm-hmm. So they know... That you do all these uh, urban sketches. They're learning more about it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the boys that go to the school, they know that I do drawing because a few of my pieces have like, popped up here and there around the school. Plus, I've been in a few of the local magazines, like the um, Enjoy Enfield magazine, and I've been on a few of the social media sites now as well, being interviewed and and articles popping up. So they're like, "Oh, is this you, Mister Yanni?" And I, yeah, it is, but. Like, don't tell the headmaster <laughs> in case he thinks this is encroaching in my work, which it isn't, sir. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, they, they do. They do tend to know about it, especially when I've drawn things for um, like bespoke pictures of like sports grounds. Like I done a picture of um, the Spurs logo with the stadium at the bottom part of it, and that I sort of made copies for and, and hand out as token gifts to a few of the pupils that are Spurs fans. And, and I've done a drawing of the Emirates and. For the rugby fans, Saracens ground in, in Barnet. So I, I keep a few of those prints handy and then I can sort of give them out as treats or prizes to some of the kids, which they seem to really, really grateful for. Especially as this, um, 
that piece of artwork and not many kids nowadays get their hands on an actual piece of art it's always a downloadable thing or just someone they're following on an instagram page to have an actual piece which they put up on their wall is is quite nice for me and and, and for them as well maybe get them interested in picking up a pen or a paintbrush and encourage them to be an artist themselves i was going to ask her like hey like more kind of from a childhood sense like what were you drawing when you were younger were you like what kind of stuff were you interested in in terms of you know like many people that have inspired you i guess as well when um when i was younger it used to be always like cartoons obviously and had a keen interest in football back then as well so they're in the match magazines and things like yeah. that around it was uh, cartoons of uh, footballers and things like that so I'd be drawing those or just literally copying them um, not really too much of uh, my own creations as it were it was just literally like copying things and programs like Art Attack and things like that used to be a main influence of Neil Buchanan running out <laughs> throwing his shirts down and making a collage of something which probably does actually now that I think about it stem into my designs of using the landmark so um, yeah, no, it mainly came into my everyday life was when I was going into GCSE and taking art as a GCSE and uh, I was lucky enough to have a really good art teacher who gave me free reign and she said just basically do whatever you like as long as we can put it under a certain topic. So I, I produce things based on school, so I'll be drawing school stuff and, and making still life exhibits and, and things like that and then I'll be copying it using every sort of uh, medium that they had available pens pencils chalk paint you name it i was really interested in it and she just kept giving me loads of different tasks to do and i ended up getting entered into my gcse a year early and because i had such a large array of work the examiners i think in the end just gave me an a star because they didn't they couldn't mark all of it i produced so much and where she told me a rule of thumb don't ever throw anything away because even if you don't think it's good, someone else might think it's good. Mm. So that again, that stems into the mind nowadays thinking of like showing people like, do you think that's good? And then they go, like, yeah. And I'm like, in my head, that's rubbish. I don't like that. But they like it. So I'm all right, I'll keep it, put it to one side. And if you want it, you can have it. But as I say, from there on in, it, it just went from GCSEs to A-levels. And then after that, unfortunately, I had to get a job. <laughs> so I sort of ran out of time. And um, being in my 20s as well, I didn't really taken interest in producing my own art whereas I like to go to art exhibits before so now it seems to be something that is like I don't know the fire has been really inside me to see more exhibits and get more involved with different mediums. So what was it that made you pick up the pen again then I know you, you produced this art for your, your yeah. girlfriend. Yeah no it was it was literally down to her she mm -hmm. said well she we used to speak obviously about um, how, what, how we're done at school and how we got on and things like that so one day I sort of let it slip that I was good at art in in uh, getting an A star. She was like, oh, that's cool, Like, draw me something. And then I started off with something simple like a, a rose because she loves roses. So I thought, oh, perfect, draw that for her. And she loved it. And then at Christmas I found myself in possession of uh, some fine line drawing pens because I said in another conversation that, that I liked that medium and wanted to try and do that. And I got that as a gift and then from there on in it just I ran with it. And I've just stayed with the fine line pens at the moment because that's what's still sparking my interest. Um, trying to, as I say, move into a different medium, maybe pull out, pull out the uh, acrylic paints or something like that, or even add some. Uh, there's really good water-based uh, like pens at the moment, not like felt tips, but they, they, they sort of give a, a texture of 
watercolors. Um, maybe I'm, I'm pick up a few of those, but sell a few more pieces <laughs> to get down myself down to the art shop and buy some of those. But I mean, even like my kids, I'm not trying to say <laughs> my kids' art is anywhere near yours, but they have these. I think they're super cool. These like glitter glue pens, or no, I don't think they are glue. Anyway, they just have this awesome texture. It's like glitter and funky colors, and I could really see your work in in something like that. Obviously, it would have to be bespoke for someone who's looking for something a bit glitzy. But I'd like to see a cityscape in. Mm. Neon pink <laughs> glitter. There's your next commission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. definitely something for the future. But yeah, color is definitely something that I wish to uh, explore a little bit more. Um, I don't know how I'm going to do it as of yet. I've got a few ideas where I could sort of in, incorporate the two styles of what I'm doing now, and then maybe adding in some color work as well. Maybe on like a spectrum of color on the outside, and then getting lighter, and then black and white as you enter the middle. But um, yeah, or even something like when you, you, you kind of pick out one colour and just kind of use that colour throughout the piece. There's, there's so many, I mean, there's, yeah, the, the possibilities really are endless when you, when yeah. you uh, insert colour into it. That's it kind true. of just changes the whole thing. You know, you could repurpose all of your previous work true, yeah. and put colour into yeah. it. I was thinking actually of making a colouring book at some point. Well, that's, yeah. a, that's, that's a, a fantastic so, challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it just depends on the. The style of how I want to make the coloring book. Mm. I'd have to make the uh, aerial views a little bit more zoomed in to make the uh, areas a bit more color, mm. colorful as much and colorful areas. Because actually, sorry, no, I, I sat in um, in Michael and they had uh, a uh, like the you know the kind of placemat thing, like the paper placemat, and it had uh, it had like a line drawing of I think it was like a mountainscape and a sun and like some running water that kind of thing um, and they gave you a set of pencils and it's just talking about kind of keeping you uh, calm and using it as a form of meditation which you were touching on um, earlier and that kind of that like repetitive task uh, thing is is kind of practiced in I think it's Buddhism like with monks they uh, there's the ones that do those kind of like powder almost like powder, like tiny powder drawings where they're tapping it no, it's yeah, just like mandalas that, that people are doing the geometric shapes that's it. spun yeah. out yeah they yeah. do that as a meditation yeah Buddhism and uh, I can't remember who else uses it as well yeah so it's, it's just interesting it just interests me as when you said that about doing your kind of mindfulness it, was, it is a form of meditation yeah, yeah. So those sort of things are really interesting as well the mandalas where you can sort of do the same shape over and over again and spin the drawing as you're doing it so those, those sort of things are really cool because again, it's the geometric shapes that you're using as well. I like that with uh, looking at cityscapes because you can sort of see how um, architects have worked on on um, creating these cities and roads in and around a certain shape. So, you know, I can sort of see where you come from with that. I don't think there's a question in that. It was more just a statement. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just <true>. like a thought. <laughs> so you're still going to be sticking with the architecture with a bit of colour. At the moment, yes. Yeah, I've uh, I've done a few sketches of people's pets, <laughs> which is <laughs> which is good as well. It's uh, nice to have a bit of variation to the work that I'm doing at the moment, which is it's always nice to have a, a different challenge, as it were. Uh, but at the moment, architecture seems to be the main source of uh, my interest at the moment. So, have you got any more um, exhibits in the pipeline? Nothing as of yet. Just the forty hall one. Um, 
that, as I say, that runs until the very end of March. So from there on in, it's just whatever comes up I'm available to display my work anywhere. So, <laughs> so we'll bite your arm off as yeah. soon as they find out. Hopefully, hopefully. But as I say, and as we touched upon it before, it's, it's just through word of mouth, and I'm not in any hurry to be exhibiting anything at the moment. It's it's when I get a main body of work together that I'd like to display things. Like when I exhibited here, I had a lot of work for local buildings and things like that. So it worked well as an exhibit as well. And then I throw I threw a few others in just to show what I'm capable of drawing. So that that's also nice as well. But I think I think it's nice to have one theme throughout. Uh, so once I get a main body of work together, then I think I'll be ready for another exhibit. And then in terms of uh, your future in, in doing this, would you like it to be your full-time job or are you happy to have this as kind of a hobby that pays? Well, at the moment, I'm happy with it to be as a hobby that pays. I mean, um, I always get worried when that sort of thought comes into my brain yeah. of, am I going to do this as a full-time profession because I don't want to fall out of love with it. Yeah. Like the last thing I want is to get a, a commission piece come through and then I don't want to do it. And then I have to do it because I want to keep a customer or, or certain things of if I, if it doesn't interest me then I wouldn't want to draw it but if I was forced to do it am I going to do it to the best of my ability will I inadvertently sort of not do it as well as what I could do that have, sort of stuff have, would worry have you ever refused a, a commission uh, no not as of yet there were, uh, some, one guy was close because he was being a bit rude but <laughs> what, what, was, what was the commission it was just to draw a, a house and then I'd sketched it out and he was complaining about certain things not being in the right area and I was like well I've moved this pot plant over to cover up <laughs> the horrendous pipe work and the wiring that you've got going up the side. But you know, it doesn't look like that now. I was like, okay, I can understand where you're coming from. You want it exact how you want. But it was a lot of back and forth emails. And then uh, I silly gave out my phone number to him. And there was a lot of text messaging and me taking pictures of it and then changing it back. And then I didn't think he realized that I was working in pen. So you can't exactly rub that out. And then and go over it. It's, you have to sort of bespoke it in a way where you can you can change curvatures and move lines over, but you can't take lines away. So I think you got that in the end. But that was the only time that I was sort of. It was just basically that's my weakness. But I, I we, we come rude. to a common ground. Yeah, I thought you meant <laughs> no, like, no, no, I, no. I not. can imagine like a, a middle finger oh, with no. a city scale. <laughs> yeah. There was a famous statue actually in Milan where they drew, uh, well not drew, a moulded uh, finger, middle finger, pointing it towards the government building there. And that okay. was in place for a long time. I don't know where they've moved it to now, but <laughs> wouldn't be uh, against drawing something like that. But There's, yeah. a, there's an artist called uh, Mr. Bingo. I don't know if you've heard of him. He, he does this thing called hate mail. So you give him some money and he'll send you a postcard with an abusive message on it. Oh, and it's... it's it's hilarious. It is. You should check it out. I should check it out. Birthday cards and all sorts. Yeah. Of he, I bought his book, and um, if you paid an extra ten pounds or something, he'd write a personalised message. So <laughs> oh, okay. he did one for me. Um, it was, yeah. Sounds interesting. Good. Yeah. Something about you running, wasn't it? Something about me running. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no. It, it, I mean, you could you could get a commission like that, and probably. I, you wouldn't refuse that, or no, probably not. To be honest, if it's a, a subject matter that doesn't cause any too much of offence, I suppose mm -hmm. I, I wouldn't be uh, miffed to not to not to take up a challenge, as it were. But yeah, no, uh, any any sort of subject matter, I'm willing to give it a go. Nice. 
And you've got an Etsy page now, I see. Yes, cool. I've just started it. Um, it's literally just searchable by my name. Well, there's a link on the Instagram page, but I've put a few pictures on there at the moment, not too many, because I need to scan them in so I can get a nice finish so people can view them better on the, on the page, as it were. But you can place orders there, or the best place is uh, Instagram, really. It's working for me a lot, but Etsy is a new site that I'm uh, getting going. And if people want... Uh if they want to commission you, is still Instagram the best place to kind of get you? Yeah, Instagram is the best place to get me because you can DM me with all of uh, your questions, etc. And then I'm more than happy to get back to people in due course, as it were. <laughs> but um, yeah, Instagram is the best place. I have got a website in the works as it as, as well, uh, which is nyani.com. Um, that's just a front page at the moment, but that'll be expanding. So. I'll be contactable through that, but at the moment I'm just working off of Instagram, which seems to be the uh, the best way to contact me. Thanks, uh, thanks for coming in. Well, thank you for having me. We hope you enjoy listening to episode four of the Poor River Podcast. You can follow us at Poor River Podcast on Instagram, and you can follow me, Jade, at Black J Films on Instagram and Twitter. And Colin? You can follow me at Colin underscore Stanton82. And you can follow me at Mr. James Stanton. All right. We'll see you next time.